This is the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Waylee Gray. Hey, you know how many physicians today are feeling overwhelmed and trapped living that busy and unfulfilling life? Yet more than ever, we as physicians are keenly aware that life is precious and tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. My mission is to help physicians start living their best life now by discovering and achieving their wildest travel dreams. So come, join us on this journey. Welcome back to another episode of the Dare to Dream Physician podcast. Today, we are going to have part two of an inspirational interview with Dr. Risha Bergstrom. If you have not listened to last week's episode, episode 50, The Joy of Giving and Receiving with Dr. Risha Bergstrom, I highly suggest you add that to your queue and listen to that after you finish this one. We are continuing part two, and I can't wait to share this with you. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. So this is what you do and this is your expertise. I would love to hear what you would say to a doctor who's listening and who says, this is really fascinating. I I never, you know, I, I, I haven't thought about giving because I've been working on paying back my student debt and just saving up for retirement. And I haven't really thought about giving, but there are things in the world that I really care about. How do they start? Do they just start by sending $5 into to an organization? How do they, I assume it's overwhelming, even if they know this is what I care about. Like for me, there are many things that I care about, but one of the things that I actually haven't really spent a lot of time giving to is the environment. I just, I want the earth to be in, in a place that can at least sustain itself for, for posterity. And that, and I haven't given as much for that cause, but I'm overwhelmed because as I look at it, I'm like, I don't know, there's so many different organizations I can give to. Uh, that's that's a really good point. And I think that's th- something that a lot of us feel when we start to think about giving. So I have two two things for that. One is that was one of the reasons I developed the physician philanthropist course, that overarching course of how to make a plan, because that's one of the really good reasons when you start to look at this field, when you think about, okay, I want to help the environment. There is so much out there. There is so much to think about. And so I developed the course to step people through figuring out how to make a plan that aligns with what you care about. And I would say just to to start with, that's great that you have this idea of maybe you want to help with the environment. And then if you dig down deeper into that, keep saying, why do I care about the environment? Sometimes if you ask your the why like five times, (laughs) you actually get a a much more granular kind of idea of what you want to help with. So, you know, why do you want to help out with the environment? Well, I care about my children being able to breathe the air or something like that, or I care about the people being able to eat food. And so when you dig down into it, a, a couple of layers, it can help you focus a little bit more because the environment is a huge idea. It is a a huge, big thing. So one is to ask those questions. Another is to 
when you're looking at something big, think about locally, is there something, some environmental groups that you know about that do something that you can see or have involvement with or understand in a much more personal way, because that's also another good way to evaluate what you're thinking about contributing to. So the course is one way that I try to help people step through and make a plan. But the other thing that I've done is, again, it can be overwhelming. It can be too much with all of the things that you're doing (laughs) as a doctor, as a mom, as all of the other things that you do is I wanted to help people start to think about it, but then take that off of their plate as another to-do thing. Like you you don't have to learn a whole new field, learn about the field of philanthropy, learn about effective donations, where and how. And that's why I founded the Physician Philanthropy Impact Fund is to take that and make it easy for doctors so that they wouldn't have to worry about one more thing. So that's something that that is in the works now. And that as of this recording will be, believe, open within the next uh, two or three weeks. And what that will allow doctors to do is donate the money to the fund. They get the full immediate tax benefit on whatever they donate. And they can say, choose from a a focus area. So you could say, I want this money to go to the environment. And then we do the work and you don't have to. (laughs) So you know that your donations will be aligned with what you care about. And a portion of the money would go into impact investments. So this is a fund that can actually grow and have the money that's in it have more impact in the future. And then a portion will be going directly to charitable donations. And it would be in a a few certain categories that you get to choose. I see. And actually, by the time this this podcast is Publish your fund may actually be open. So you know, we'll definitely <laughs> link to that in the show notes. I love that you were saying even for giving, if, if you know of somebody, because that's my current strategy right now, just because I don't really know how to evaluate some organization from far away. And I also live in rural Vermont where I'm really grateful to have a job here. And I feel strongly that that my giving should stay in this area because it's not a well-to-do area at all. And I, I would love for more people to invest in this area. And so that's even my giving, I'm investing in the area that I live in. But I look at what people are doing locally. And is this person who is running this nonprofit organization, do, do I believe in them? Do I do I think they have integrity? Do I believe in the work that they do? And then I also get to see it. Like I could even you know go to one of their Saturday events if I wanted to. And so that's how I've been investing almost all of our donations. But I, I love to hear a little bit more about how would you pick pick charities to donate on this fund based on a certain area. And, and then as someone who would donate into it, how do they know, aside from just believing in you, Risha, how do they know whether their money is having an impact? Will they get some sort of report or some sort of accountability Yeah, absolutely. So to to your first point, I think that is a fantastic way to donate. That is a really great way to do it. Exactly the way you're doing it um, is by knowing the people, being able to see what they do, believing in them, trusting them, believing in their integrity. That is actually a really wonderful way to make contributions because you'll be able to see that. You'll be able to know that. So I, I, I think that's that's wonderful. You're doing great. <laughs> Just to start out with. For the impact fund, definitely there will be an annual report that would show what the impact investments are, as well as an annual report on the donations made. 
so that that would show what's been done with the money, basically what's been achieved with it. So the, there's going to be that. I am also building my physician advisory team. So it'll be a group of between four and 10 physicians that will evaluate potential organizations to donate to. All doctors who care about healing the world, <laughs> alleviating suffering, all of that, that have different focuses and different areas of expertise that would be able to meet several times over the year to be able to choose the organizations to, to disperse those funds to. And those funds would be dispersed annually after several months of vetting them and evaluating them. Great. And tell us a little bit more about impact investing, because you said part of the fund would be dedicated to that. And I think just in general, you know, we haven't talked as much about investing. I think every physician needs to develop an investor mindset. And again, it's not something that we started off having in medical school, aside from just investing in ourselves as we go to medical school, but having that investor's mindset. And when I first started investing, it was just very simple. It was like, okay, index fund, the total US stock market, total international stock market index fund. And that's not a bad place to be. But then as you become a more sophisticated investor, especially if there are things that we care about, it, you know, it may make sense to also have at least part of our portfolio in these in investing in a more impactful way. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think that's where a lot of us start with. And I know that I have a lot in my index funds. So the idea with impact investing is understanding that when you make an investment, you're supporting certain practices and certain companies. And in the course that's about to come out, I had this fantastic conversation with an, an expert who had spent about 20 years on Wall Street at some of the, the big name firms doing investing and has since for the last 10 years had her own investment firm that's aligned with her values. That's that's all just impact investing. And one of the things that I think is really interesting to think about, and so for you, if you care about the environment, there's a good chance that a lot of your portfolio might actually be in investments that kind of contribute to environmental problems that contribute to those issues. And so the woman, the, the Holly Rexon, who's the expert that I've uh, was talking with, she said that nine out of 10 people have no idea what, what they're supporting, what their investments are in. And I know that I'm guilty as well. <laughs> I do not have all my investments. I probably in, in have it. tobacco companies as part of my right. index fund that I have no idea. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So the kind of the first step is thinking about what you have, what kind of investments you have, but also understand that there are a lot of different ways to align your portfolio with what you care about. So for example, there might be somewhere where you already have your stocks that have um, what are called ESG funds, which are environment social governance funds. So those ones at least take into account the effect that they have. Impact investments go a step further in that they actively support companies that are trying to have positive impact. So not just decreasing negative potential impact, but actually have a positive impact and make a positive change. So it goes a little bit further. And in the past, people had thought that impact investments, you might not make the same amount of return as you would for a regular fund. And it has evolved to be in such a place that's not the case anymore, that your investments actually, you can expect market returns on a lot of these investments and that there's there might be even lower risk in some of these investments because they're not necessarily going to be 
getting hit with regulations that that ones that might have a negative environmental impact or something might have. So that, that I think those are important points about impact investing and also understanding as with all of this, it's not all or none. <laughs> you, you don't have to feel like all of a sudden, oh, geez, I got to go and completely like reinvest my portfolio and I've got to figure this out. I think of it as if you can have a, a small portion of your portfolio aligned, you're in a really good place. <laughs> you're, you're kind of learning a little bit, having you know a step in, in the right direction might be protecting your own assets by starting to pay attention to these things. And I do believe it's something that will be more, more mainstream and easier to do as more companies are being held accountable for their practices, for the way they're governed, for the way they treat their employees, for the way they treat the environment, that, that it's these things are being evaluated more. And so it will become easier in the future. And in the meantime, if there is a small portion of your investments or your giving that can be aligned with these values, then you're making a positive impact, in my, in my opinion. And it doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I have to change the whole thing because <laughs> that, that's just too much. That's just too daunting. I actually, I like to think of it as if you've heard about meatless Mondays, people who are, who enjoy eating meat, but they choose to give up eating meat just one day a week, that one day a week can actually have a huge impact on the environment if a lot of people are doing it. So again, I, I like to think of these things as small steps that you can take that can have a, a, a good positive impact that aligns with what you want the world to look like. Oh, I love that. I, I love that you mentioned it doesn't have to be all or none thinking, because I think that's where it gets people to freeze up where they're like, there's so <laughs> many problems in the world. And basically any of these companies are evil. So do I just stop investing? <laughs> <laughs> and th that, yeah, no, just start small, start just maybe set aside a little bit of your portfolio where don't sell the stuff that you have, especially if it has tax consequences. Just start small with just like a, a fund that you allocate into impact investing. And as you say this, I just, something just came up in my mind because you're saying keeping companies accountable. And one thing that so bothers me, especially thinking about kids and grandkids and great grandkids is how much plastic we make in packaging. There's just so much plastic. And my neighbor is a, a sugar maker. He makes maple syrup and he's a salt of the earth kind of guy, like just loves nature and loves the environment. And he, I remember him telling me when I first met him several years ago, he's like, I feel very strongly about glass because glass, you can truly recycle glass. And he feels strongly that he's going to bottle his maple syrup in glass, even though he ships it thousands of miles away, because for him, it's a non-negotiable for his business, even though it probably does cost more, especially if it breaks during shipment. So here's a guy, you know, who's just, you know, very small scale business, but who feels strongly about this because he cares about the environment. And so for me, when I go to the store and I can't avoid it because my, I have a family of five and they eat a lot. I'm buying all of this food with packaging. I eat an orange. Everyone in my family eats an orange and we made this huge plastic net. Now is the trash and I have to throw it away. And I'm just like, there's something that doesn't add up here. <laughs> 
because we ate five oranges and now we made this humongous piece of trash that's going to stay around forever. And you can't even recycle this net, even though it's plastic. And then it's going to end up in the oceans, you know, and then you look at those photos of them taking pictures of the trash that ends up in the middle of the ocean. And it's just amazing. How much more can we keep throwing out and, and how much more trash can we produce? And yet it's really the business's decision. I know that most businesses are concerned about their bottom line, but if they're held accountable, and I actually try to buy at stores that don't package their food a certain way. If I go to the natural food stores, they usually just have items where you you, you can just buy instead of having it in this plastic packaging. But if everybody was more, felt more strongly about this, it would help, help the businesses orient in a way that as consumers and as investors, that we can make an impact in our choices. And so whether to invest in the company or um, whether to just be a consumer of of their products. So I actually have some good examples for that (laughs) because what you're talking about is so important and it touches on so many things. It touches on the consumer power of choosing to go to those, you know, health food stores where they use less packaging the, the power that your neighbor has as a business owner in making those kinds of choices, but also the big company accountability. So uh, as an example, I think it's Nike is trying to develop shoes that are all made of recyclable plastics, recyclable materials. So they're, the big companies are also trying to do this because they know that the consumers are paying attention. And so they've developed a, a bunch of different shoe lines that use plastic from the ocean, but they're also trying to do, I think it's something called a loop where you have the shoes that are from recyclable plastics or whatever. And they, they have this process where they make it into pellets and then they shape it into shoes and things like that. But they're trying to develop one that can be constantly recycled. So when you're done with them, you send the shoes back, they're able to break it down again, make it into whatever pellets or however, (laughs) whatever their magic processing is to be able to send them out into the world again, instead of making new plastics. So people like you who are paying attention to this are concerned about this. And people like your neighbor who are thoughtful about how they, as a business, produce things and have their impact are, are making these changes and things like these sustainable brands, they're growing, I think 50% more than the rest of the non, um, I'm looking, forgetting the word, but like the ones that don't pay attention to the traditional, their conventional methods. So these brands and these products, the people who are paying attention to these things and are figuring out these creative ways of managing plastic waste or decreasing the waste. Those are the companies that are going to be doing well more into the future as well. I, I was actually just on a trip last week with my family and I went into the gift store and there were a couple t-shirts that were super cute that I wanted to get. (laughs) And one of them was made from recycled plastics from, I don't know where the plastics were gotten from, but it was really soft and it was cute. And so I chose that shirt instead of the other ones. And so these daily choices that we make when we're spending those are the companies that are going to be doing better. Those are the companies that are going to succeed. And that's where we are. we're in a position to help those companies succeed. Yeah. So it builds on itself. And, and I think that was a great example that you gave. 
Yeah, I, I love that. That's, this is so great. I'm so happy that you came on the podcast and we had this amazing conversation. I'm just so grateful for having you. And why don't you tell our listeners how to find you and how to connect with you, especially because by the time this podcast comes out, your fund's most likely going to be launched or about to be launched. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been so much fun to talk with you about this. So I can be found on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Physician Philanthropist. I also have my website, which is thephysicianphilanthropist.com. And on there, you can find my blog, the Intentional Money blog. You can contact me. I'm always happy to get questions or contacts and things like that. You can contact me directly there. That's also where I will have my, my courses on philanthropy and on impact investment. And that's also will be the, the way to find my, the Physician Philanthropy Impact Fund is on my website, the physicianphilanthropist.com. <laughs> Wonderful. And before I let you go, I'm going to have both of us pitch for why physicians should care about this. So I'll start and then I'll let you do your pitch too. I And we've been talking about this the, the whole conversation, but I really would urge our listeners if they don't think, because the word philanthropist even, it's an identity that even I, where I, I actually do donate quite a bit of our income every year, I don't even think of myself as a philanthropist. And I want to start adopting this identity. And in Dare to Dream Physician, what I really try to encourage all, everyone, including myself, to do is to explore and adapt new identities that maybe you weren't comfortable with, that you didn't even think you deserve, or you just didn't identify with. And, but maybe it resonates with you more than you think. And I think to adapt this philanthropy identity, we, it's all about making an impact. That's such an important value for us is to make an impact on the world is to, I thought of it as say, like when I applied to medical school, I'm like, I'm doing this to save the world. And it's our version of saving the world and making an impact. And it's, I often think of money as being boring, but when we think about how much impact a dollar or $10, $1,000, a $10,000, a million dollars, how much impact this can make. It is just mind boggling. And it's what, it's what helps people who are struggling with childhood cancer or premature births have this resource, the Ronald McDonald house at a hospital where, you know, they can actually see their kids. And there's so many things, and there's so many things out in the world. And in our country, there's need everywhere that we just by giving that we can have an impact on. And I, I really encourage all our listeners to, to think about that. Is this an identity I want to adapt? And if it is just start small, right? Start with $5, $10, start with whatever and, and go keep going and maybe even go to the point where it's a little uncomfortable. Like I, I remember last year when I gave and I, you know, I was hitting the submit button on online. I thought, wow, this is uncomfortable for me. And I actually, I thought this is good. <laughs> you know, this is good. This is a good uncomfortable. And I, and I have to say the one thing is I have never regretted giving, but there are times when I've regretted not giving. And this is not even just with donations, but just even giving tips. You know, Sometimes I'm like, wow, I should have given a bigger tip, but it's that attitude. I have never regretted being too generous and I've only regretted not being generous enough. Wow, that is beautiful. I'm going to have to quote you on it. Can I quote you on that? That is so beautiful. I love what you said there. And I would just echo everything that you said that you don't regret being generous. I, I think that that 
I, I agree. As physicians, we we do what we do, what we can because we care about people and we want to have a positive impact. And I think that participating in philanthropy or just being intentional and thinking about where you put your money when it goes out there in the world is the, the next step to that. It's a it's a natural con- continuation of caring and just understanding that, paying attention to that deciding to be intentional about it. And also, as you say, like daring to dream, imagine the world that you can help create by being intentional that way. Imagine all the good things that we can do together because we are being thoughtful that way. It's, I think, just a beautiful thought and it's really empowering. And I want physicians to be able to own their own power and understand how much of an impact they can make and how much positive change they can affect in the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend and go on your favorite podcast app to give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us to get the word out there. Also, I am really excited to announce I've started a online Facebook community for physicians. Go and search for Dare to Dream Physician Travel. That's the name of the Facebook group. If you have trouble finding us, the link is also in the show notes. I hope to see you on the inside.